Peace family, assalamu alaikum. We back in the lab for another quick installment. I really just had to, this is something I think has really been on my mind for a while. And hopefully I could just get it out, you know what I mean? And maybe I might come back to it, do a full episode on something like this. But I really feel like this is an important topic for me to discuss. Because I think as a sports fan, I mean, it's, it's synonymous with sports. I mean, I guess statistics in general are important in life. But in sports, statistics are a very, very, very um, integral part um, of enjoying the sports experience, you know what I mean? Even for casual fans. So I will go ahead and start with the fact that obviously get the obvious point out of the way. Stats are important. Stats are important because it helps kind of tell the story of a game or, you know, the, I was going to say an inning or a quarter or a possession or anything like that. It just allows for you to be able to, once you've watched the game and enjoyed the game real time, it allows for you to go back and then get a more in-depth look at what you experience. You know what I mean? So the, I guess you can say the, the necessity for stats, I think is, is there. I think it is uh, necessary. Um, like I said, it's, it's a companion to um, watching a game, even in real time, you can go and you can check real time stats. So I definitely appreciate stats in general and i appreciate analytics and i'll touch back on that in a quick moment um so when we have a conversation about like the goat or um people that are great at a given time you know what i mean or you're trying to just figure out who's the best or who's doing good who's most improved who's uh you know what i'm saying taking their game from one uh, level to another you use stats to tell that those kind of stories you know what i mean and so without going too far in a in the goat conversation w one way that i use stats is because i don't think stats tell the full story you hear you might hear people out there say what they call like the eye test you know what i mean like you watch something you, you maybe begin to develop certain notions and then you go back and you look at the stats and that can begin to help build your your case or um, support your perspective. So what I feel like when it comes to great players, your stats bear witness to the eye test. You know what I mean? Like the stats will let you know, okay, yeah, I, I was watching this. I felt like this. And it bears witness to what your eye test uh, has told you, you know what I mean? But also I would be cautious in that the saying goes, <laughs> men lie, women lie, numbers don't. Jay-Z, I believe was the first person I've heard say that. I believe that numbers can lie or they have the, they have the potentiality to lie or to deceive you know what i mean i feel like when it comes to lying lying is like an outright thing where you be a person be like um they shivering outside and it's cold and um a person like oh you cold nah 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 i'm not cold you know what i mean like that that feels like a lie you know what i mean um to deceive i feel like is you're trying to be indirect you know what I'm saying? Like, I feel like you're trying to be sneaky with it. You're trying to make it seem like you are 
it, like something is one way and it's really not. You know what I mean? Like that's what I feel like deception is. You know what I'm saying? The definition of a lie is an intentionally false statement. So like I said, you see the little kid, they got the uh the cookie crumbs on the side of their mouth, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> And then the mom or the parent goes to them and be like, well, uh, Johnny, did you eat the cookies? And they're like, no, 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 mom, I, I didn't. You know what I mean? Um, that's what I feel like is lying. And so, like I said, I feel like deception is a, a little bit deeper. You, you kind of have a certain type of intention when you're trying to deceive someone. So when I say numbers can lie, right, it says the definition of deceive is of a person call someone to believe something that is not true, typically in order to gain some personal advantage. I'm gonna read that one more time. Of a person, cause someone to believe something that is not true, to believe something is not true, typically in order to gain some personal advantage. So again, I, again, I think that go that uh, bears witness to what I was saying. So with that being said, I feel like numbers have the potentiality to deceive. You know what I mean? A person can sit back and say, and again, I use this example a gazillion times. My bro loves to use this all the time as well. He likes to say, oh, Eli Manning led the league in interceptions three times. So you look, you hear that, you be like, whoa, that doesn't sound good. You know what I mean? Then you go back and say, Oh man, that Eli probably not a great quarterback. He probably wasn't even a good quarterback, let alone not great. You know what I'm saying? Like you probably like, wow, this guy probably sucked. Stats require context. You have to be able to give the proper context in order to really get a full understanding of the stats being presented. You know what I mean? Because I was, and then I would sit back and say, a response to that would be, he has one of the highest playoff winning percentages amongst quarterbacks of all time. Or Eli Manning is one of only five players to have multiple Super Bowl MVPs. Both of those, both, all three stats I gave were true, but it depends on what the goal of the conversation is or the narrative that we're going in, and it also depends on the context. So all I'm really just saying is that I want to augment or change that saying that numbers don't lie. And I just want to say that numbers have the potentiality to deceive, especially in the wrong hands. You know what I mean? So the catalyst for me talking about this subject really is the NBA finals are going on and we're taking hard looks at different stats and of course we still live in the the debate show era undisputed first take and others and one of the things that i hear a lot is the narrative using stats like creating a narrative based on stats and the person that i really feel is highly impacted by these types of conversation is steph curry I will go ahead and be honest. I'm a I'm a pretty big fan of Steph Curry. You know what I mean? I'm not. I don't stand anybody. I think I I just stand the honorable minister Louis Farrakhan. Just to be like honest, but to stand I feel like means even if a person is wrong or illogical, you still stand behind them. 
I we're taught not to do that and I don't do that but I will be a fanatic to use the full length of the word fan only in the case of the honorable minutes of Louis Farrakhan but I'm a big fan of Steph Curry and I appreciate his game I appreciate his evolution I appreciate his impact and like one of my favorite things about basketball is really is really two things watching a dunk is a great experience but nothing is better to me in in basketball and this will be in my top things in sports period than watching a swish watching a jump shot swish the net is a fantastic like i get all the dopamine reaction when i watch a swish you know what i'm saying so i really i'm a big fan of steph curry one of the things that I don't like about Steph Curry detractors, I guess detractors is fair. I'm not I'm not trying to sit back and say people have this overarching plot to discredit uh, Steph, but my perspective is, I will start with this. Steph is generally speaking unanimously accepted and respected as the best shooter of all time. Okay, cool. We understand that shooting the the basketball, that's arguably the most important skill in the game. You know what I mean? As a quarterback, your most important skill be throwing the ball. You know what I'm saying? Like, so yeah, you could be mobile. Yeah, you could be smart. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, you could be. Uh, you could have a, a big arm. But throwing the ball is the most important skill um, that a quarterback can have. So I feel like in basketball shooting the ball is arguably the most important skill that you could have. So I feel like as a player, if you're generally accepted as the greatest shooter of all time, I really feel like you don't really need to do too much else after that. You know what I'm saying? I, I just feel like your legacy is already like cemented. He has the most three-point makes of all time and etc. I, I could go down Steph Curry's numbers making threes like all day long. But that being said, He's also a three-time NBA Finals champion. He's also a two-time league MVP. And so what I what I I not man, I gotta see if I can pull it up real quick. But Steph, Steph Curry's finals numbers, his stats in the finals are very, are very good. You know what I mean? It's not like something that it's kind of like he just makes threes and that's it. You know what I'm saying? And you really can't say nothing else about him. But it's like Steph really impacts hit the uh, the NBA Finals in a in a very big way, in a way that I I feel like people would not expect. You know what I'm saying? I'm gonna I'm gonna get his um I'm gonna get his stats in a moment. His averages. Right. Okay. I right, I think I have right here. Right now in the in the finals. He's averaging 25 points a game, almost 26, 25.5, five, uh, five rebounds, 6.3 assists. And I believe his career final stats are a little bit higher than that. Okay, right. But that being said, he's, his numbers in the finals are very good overall. So then now we're going to um, the other side of the ball. We're talking about offense. Now we're going to the other side of the ball. We're dealing with offense. Or we're dealing with defense, excuse me. One of the things that I think 
kind of goes under the radar. I remember Jay, hearing Jay-Z say this before. I believe I heard it was either Game said this that Jay-Z said or Nipsey Hussle said this of what Jay-Z said. And he said, don't let them put you in a box because once they're able to put you in a box, then I forget the rest of the quote, but it's kind of like, I'm, I'm going to paraphrase the rest, but it's like, once they put you in a box or able to categorize you, then that's when you they can kind of like take away from you. You know what I mean? And so like what that really means is for me in this particular context is once you label seven, say, okay, all right, yeah, he's a great, he's a great shooter of the ball. You know what I mean? He don't really do nothing else. He can't really, he can't really drive. He can't really do, he can't really shoot mid range. And oh yeah, he really don't play defense. So once that becomes your perspective, it becomes hard for people for that to change in people's minds. And one of those contributing factors I feel like is with fans and supporters, and we'll call them stands, people that, you know what I mean, over-exaggerate a person's success. So if you at work and you work with a whole bunch of Golden State fans or you work with a whole bunch of Tom Brady fans or whatnot, back in the day for me it was uh, Eagles fans. I grew up in Delaware. You're hearing people, oh, man. Steph Curry, he did this, he made this many threes, he did this, 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 and that. So naturally, I feel like in your mind, you'd be like, man, this, man, this, this person's not all that great. Man, this this person, he not. Then you watch the game, and you're like, oh, oh, he just missed a three. Oh, he just did this, he just had a turnover, you know what I mean? So you begin to kind of nitpick at what the person doesn't do well because you've been hearing overwhelmingly so that this person is X, Y, and Z. His greatness is, is at this level, whatever the case may be. I, I think I understand that. You know what I mean? I, I respect that. But one of the things I think, or the what begins to become a problem for me or how it becomes a problem for me is you got to be able to be open-minded to when the narrative has been broken or the perspective has been broken or changed or evolved. And so I'm watching Steph last night on the defensive end, also yeah, also in game in game uh, game one, Steph impacts the game from a defensive perspective as well. He get uh, Al Horford gets the ball in the post against Steph Curry. Now Draymond comes over and gives him help. You know what I mean? Then um, Al Horford continues to try to go to the basket. Then I forget who else came over. It might have been Wiggs, but I'm not exactly sure who else came over to help Steph. But then, so they, they, the other person gets tangled up with the ball with Al Horford. Then Steph floats back and pr- essentially steals the ball, blocks the uh, passing lane. And I was like, man, I was, I was watching the game with my dad. I was like, man, did you see that? Like, that defensive uh, sequence was amazing. You know what I mean? And so, I'm, I'm, I, again, and I'm watching the game, and I'm just, and it's different. I really think it's different when you're watching the, every minute of, <laughs> of the game. It gives you, like, a different type of perspective. Um, but I'm like, man, Steph, so like Steph is working hard on defense and you kind of see him like, he's getting like tired a bit. It's like working hard on defense. Then it was like in the third quarter, then he starts making threes. So you like, I'm like, man, he's, he's really impacting the game on the defensive end. And you would think, man, okay, well, person is really busting their hump on one end. They can't really do it on the other end. And it's like, boom, he starts coming out and he opens up the game, making three point shots. So and then so now I'm I'm hearing people talking. I'm saying the day after the game, 
and people still don't give Steph the proper credit aside from people on his team like Draymond for playing great defense or being an impactful defensive player. So that kind of just brings me to my to my next point. Stats are important. Stats bear witness to greatness. But also on the other side of it, these other teams and players, they get paid to play and coach as well as, well as you know what I'm saying, the players that you root for. So and my, a great example of this is like Deion Sanders, Darrell Revis, you know what I'm saying, Jalen Ramsey. Great cornerbacks don't get a lot of um, opposing targets. So if Dion is guarding Jerry or Dion is guarding, you know what I'm saying? I'm, I'm, I'm struggling to remember a whole lot of receivers' names off the top of my head. But if he's covering your best receiver, you're not going to be throwing the ball all day on Dion's side. Even if it's Jerry, even if it's T.O., even if it's Moss, even if it's, you know what I'm saying, whoever, whoever it is at the time. You're not going to be targeting Dion no 10, 12, 15 times in the game. It's just not going down. Because you know the more times you look to throw the ball, and if you don't got a great player like the players that I mentioned, you're really not throwing it Dion's way. You know what I mean? So Dion might end the game with one tackle, you know what I'm saying, a deflection, and that'll be it for the game. So you might go, you might go back at the game, like, oh yo, Dion, he ain't he ain't do nothing the whole game. But we're not able to go and look at yo the fact that this quarterback, he's terrified to throw it to Dion's side. In baseball, same thing. You got a great, um, a great hitter, great home run hitter. He gonna get a lot more walks than average. He's not gonna be seeing a lot of great pitches on average, because people are like, yo, I'm not trying to get this person. I'm not, no sir. But also, like if you have a great running back, the defense is like, okay, bro, you gotta beat us another way. You got to show us, okay, yo, we're not, we not going to let you get loose for no 125, 150 this game. Let's see if we can hold you to 70 yards this game, 75 yards. You got to beat us another way. So even so even if I'm not getting, I'm averaging 100 yards a game, I'm averaging four or five yards a carry. Now, when I play against the Buffalo Bills, I got 55 yards. I'm averaging three yards a carry. I've still impacted the game. Because the defense has to focus on what on trying to take me away. So really, I've I've, I've uh, affected beyond the game. I've affected their week. I've affected everything about so the the, the defense alignment the day before or the uh, week the week leading up to it. The linebackers the week leading up to it. Yo, you you it's changing a person's whole game preparation. And so in the game. I'm impacting the game even if I'm not, even if you're not able to pull up the stat sheet and look at it and say, oh, wow, okay, brother had 150 yards or brother had uh, 10 catches up the backfield. He had three touchdowns, whatever the case may be. The stats might look poor, but I've really affected the game in a in a tangible way that you can't see on the stat sheet. So if you're watching the Golden State Warriors, Steph had 20, 29 last night. He didn't play in the fourth quarter because, I mean, they, 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 the game got broken open in the third. So you might look at the game and you say, okay, he had 29 points. I believe he had five rebounds, five assists. I might not be 100% accurate on that. In between On both rebounds and assists, he had between three and five each. And I know he had three steals. You might look at the game and be like, yeah, okay, 
he he had a he had a solid game, nothing really to write home about, which I would tend to agree with. But also you had to look at how Steph is affecting the game in a in a way that you can't see in the box score. How many defenders are closing out on him? You know what I'm saying? On a, on a drive to the lane. How many I've seen it like the, uh, last night, Chef got a rebound or a steal and he hit the outlet to Wiggs. Wiggs passed Draymond. Draymond hits Looney for an easy bucket under the rim. Uh, not Draymond. Uh, Wiggs hits Draymond. Draymond hits uh, Kevon Looney for an easy bucket under the rim. So Steph gets the rebound, quick outlet pass, and that leads to the offense. You'll, you'll, you'll never see that on the stat sheet. But everything is revolving around Steph. So I'm, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna belabor that point too too heavy. I'm just want to be emphasize the point of the double-sidedness of using statistics. When you're making a great case, when you're using it to make a point or to articulate your point or using it to um, buttress your perspective or a hunch or a narrative that you're trying to create, is quality. But when we when it comes down to and this is this is the most important thing I want to drive home. When we're when we're then, when we're now talking about greatest player of all time type conversations, legacy conversations, top ten player of all time conversations, when we're getting into the legacy post career pantheon kind of uh, dialogue, stats again, that's great. Now there's going to be the counter to you're like yo look oh, all right, yo Steph can't beat us tonight. Clay can't beat us tonight. You know what I mean? You have to look at how a player is impacting the game. Impact is I would I would say venture to say it's equally as important to what you do on the scoreboard. I mean, I'm I'm a chef. I've worked in restaurants for, you know what I mean, um, over 15 years. I've experienced, and I know for a fact, how one individual's impact in the kitchen can really make the load easier for every other single person in the kitchen. So even if I'm not preparing the food directly, I'm not preparing the dish directly, but let's say I set up your station. And everything is clean. Your meat and plots is nice and organized. Your your items are are made to the proper spec. You got plates. You got everything set up for you. You know what I mean. And your service your the, your service has been now made easier for you to execute. Having the, the food properly ordered for the restaurant, the proper expediter. Getting the getting the plates out in an orderly fashion, orchestrating the kitchen. These things are also as important to what you do specifically statistically. And I think when it's all said and done for Steph Curry, these are the things that we're going to really um, revel at or we're going to really have a greater appreciation for when he's done playing. How he really made the experience for everybody else on his team, probably from the coaches on down. Pretty sure like Steve Kerr probably be like, Man, when you have a player like Steph Curry on your team, it makes coaching a little bit easier. You know what I mean? So that's that's really my perspective when it comes to t- statistics for now. Um, I really like it. I love hearing it again because, I mean, I enjoy a good debate. But I, I hope that 
And it's hard because you can't quantify impact. You can't put a number on impact, which I respect. And that's why it comes from that. That's why for me, as a fan, as an observer, the eye test come first. And you can't quantify the eye test. And the eye test is a whole other bunch of things that come into it. You can say you could be biased or whatnot. That's cool. I want to highlight this real quick. Skip Bayless said, now, mind you, Steph had a 14-point third quarter, which, again, was the quarter where the lead ballooned. I believe it was north of 25. He said, Steph Curry missed. He didn't score a point in the first three minutes of the third quarter. And he and he missed three. He missed uh, two three pointers. Now again, mind you, in a fourteen point quarter, he had twenty nine points. So he had almost he had pretty much half of his overall point total in the in the third quarter. Didn't play the fourth. And he was he was the catalyst to opening up the game north of twenty five points. But the, a person wants to pull these two moments out of that quarter and say, "Oh yeah, this this is why I take away." That's been that's this is where now you're the eye test or the things that you cannot specifically quantify. That's where it, it can become bias. So yeah, I'm I'm gonna pretty much wrap it up with that. I'm gonna continue enjoying the finals, and uh, man, I, I just appreciate all the support. Thank you, man. This just we we back in the lab. We're gonna be back very soon. I appreciate all the support. So I'm liking.